guys welcome back to another episode of shades of strong podcast where we are doing our part to support black women in freeing themselves from the burden of being strong by creating safe and sacred spaces for them to uncape unmask and unhide so that they can be whatever shade of strong that feels right for them i'm your host shirley hubbard and i am so excited to bring you straight no chaser conversations with some of the dopest coolest, breathtakingly beautiful Black women who are absolutely not afraid to take up space. Joining me in the virtual studio today is one of the most unapologetic Black women to ever walk on God's green earth. The one and the only Trezell. What is up? What is happening? How are all the things, darling? What is going on, girl? it's, It's been a while. I'm happy to have you here because I have watched you transform into the beautiful Black woman that you are. When we first met, you were more of the traditional, stereotypical Black woman trying to be and do all the things. Watching you transform into this Black woman who does life on her own terms, who does strong differently, the transformation has been astonishing. So I am so excited for you to take our listeners on your journey to transformation. But before we do that, how about you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you are, what sets your soul on fire? I am Trezell Morgan. I am a lot of things. It's (laughs) always so funny when people ask me to introduce myself because I'm just like, the best way I could explain who I am is a multifaceted person who stands in all the essences of who I am, no matter what that looks like without apology or becoming digestible to other people, essentially. Mm -hmm. I am a mom, which is one of the most important parts of who I am. My goal through my parenting has been learning how to be a great parent to my kid and also learning how to be a good parent to myself as well. Learning the value in reparenting myself has Mm -hmm. helped me detach from a lot of what society has said women are supposed to be like and how we're supposed to show up and who we are supposed to be for everyone else but ourselves. That's the core of who I am and just me learning how to be a better representation for myself. Yeah, and that's like my little spiel about who I am. (laughs) (laughs) I think the key thing that you said in that is that you are multifaceted. And that is the absolute truth. This girl, she didn't tell y'all that she's she's an entrepreneur. She owns multiple businesses. She's also a model. She does all the things. I don't know why she acting like she don't want y'all to know all of that. But yeah, she does all the things. (laughs) Multifaceted, definitely sums it all up. And I am so excited to have her on. I'm so excited for you guys to hear her journey of transformation from being hyper-productive, hyper-independent, all those things into this woman who, like I said, she's unapologetic and she really does do life on her own terms. But before we dive into her story, this season is all about shining a, shining a light on Black women who are daring to do life differently. Black women who are deliberately and intentionally giving up a life of caping, masking, and hiding in exchange for a life of playing E. And we are doing that by way of our My Strong Is campaign. 
If you are listening to this episode and you want to be a part of the campaign, you can find information about it on our website at shadesofstrong.com. Or you can just hit us up on your favorite social media platform and tag us in whatever your struggle is using the hashtags MyStrongIs and Shades of Strong. Having said all of that, I want to start the conversation with you sharing with our listeners what your strong is. So please do me the honor of repeating and completing my strong is. My strong is standing in my vulnerability and knowing it's not a weakness. I saw a post that you made on Facebook. I have to read this because it was so powerful when you said it. And I want us to kind of, you know, just like elaborate on Discuss and why. about yeah. yeah, you know, why it was so important to you and how that ties into your vulnerability. It says, <laughs> I intentionally took the entirety of this year up until now to detox myself from hyper productivity and busy bodiness. It's been freeing. Now, as I reprogram myself to perform from a place of ease, grace, and understanding, I know I'll be able to better pour out from a place of inner abundance. Relearning is never easy, but also important. Cheers to more flow. I want to do this two ways. The first way I want to do it is I want you to tell us, was there a defining moment in your life that forced you into being hyper-productive and hyper-independent? But I also want to talk about the defining moment where you decided, I cannot do life that way anymore. So can you just paint a picture, a before and after picture for us? There's multiple things. I am the eldest girl in my family. I'm the oldest of four. Therein lies the perceived notion of strongness, right? You got to basically be a second mom. Then there's also the fact that I'm an immigrant. I wasn't born in this country. When I turned 17 and I was out of my, my mom's house, I had to find a way to make money. I've always had to be a strong person because I've been through a lot of things from just like my childhood, teenage years, all of that stuff. When I had nowhere to go and <laughs> I'm not going to lie, my ex used to sneak me into his dad's house at night because I didn't have anywhere to go. I was like sleeping in the park and stuff. I literally had to find a job and... As an immigrant with no papers, you have to work nannying jobs, housekeeping jobs, not really having a backbone or someone to support me kind of made it really hard. So I had to kind of step into that role of being a strong woman, providing for myself and making sure that I was good. And then I got married and I kind of was able to fall back a little bit into ease a little bit. And so I was like kind of trying to figure out my way around all of that, then I was no longer married and I was back on my own. And that instigated that having to be strong thing again. Mm -hmm. And I ended up meeting someone and getting pregnant. And I was literally forced to be a person who was hyper independent. I didn't have anyone. I didn't have anything. So I was the busy body person trying to make money because at the time I was a single mom. Well, not at the time. I still am a single mom, mm -hmm. but I didn't have, I didn't really have anything and I didn't have any support financially at all. So it was so challenging because no matter how much I try to get a job, I'm pretty sure you guys know what the job market is like. Back then it was worse. I literally could not find a proper job that would help 
pay for childcare, pay for rent, pay for all of the things that needed to happen and me be able to survive. I was struggling. So then I decided that I was going to become a doula. That didn't work out how I wanted it to, but it's what propelled me into building my own business. And then from the moment I started my cleaning business, I've been on the run on the road running, trying to figure everything out. Then COVID happened. It's so funny because I kept hearing this thing that was just like, you need to be still, you need to Mm -hmm. stop, you need to just chill, you need to relax. At the time I was living at my brother's house, I had, I went from having my own apartment to having nothing again. And it was me trying to be busy and like try to make money so that I would be broke so that I wouldn't be struggling as much as I was struggling. And it was going on the second year in my brother's house and I was feeling hopeless and I was feeling like I'm never going to survive this. I'm never going to be able to make better for myself and my kid because that's just what it felt like. Mm -hmm. And I just kept hearing this thing that's like, be still, relax. I got you. And I'm like, nah, what you mean? Be still, be still and suffer. That's in my head. Like there was like, nothing between what I was doing and like being still there. It was just like, either you do what you're doing or you suffer. So I was just like, okay, never mind. I'm getting a job. I went on care.com. I got myself a job. The job was far. It was far. I had no car, nothing. Taking the bus was a nightmare because the bus was like, sometimes the bus wouldn't go all the way to where the client's house was. So Mm -hmm. I would have to walk really long distances in the winter, in the cold, and I would cry almost every day. I would cry every single day on my way walking to go to the client's house. And I would get there, I would put a smile on my face, and I would just keep going, you know? And then COVID happened literally a month and a half to the day of when I first started that job. And again, I was angry. I was just like, I just got a job. And me and God, we were having arguments. Well, mostly I was arguing <laughs> with God. He was just like, right, rolling he's just his silent. Eyes <laughs> yeah, like just rolling. And I, I'm like, so you made me get a job. It kind of felt like Jonah, you know, when mm-hmm. like Jonah w- wanted to like ditch Nineveh. Right, and right. he went and he was just like, how dare you make this tree die? You gave me a tree foreshadow and now you're making the tree die. Doesn't make any sense. That's how I felt. I was just like, you gave me this job. It's a really crappy job. It's not like I want to work the job. Now you're taking the job away. How does that make sense? It's like COVID is here. My aunt ended up passing away and I wasn't able to go back home to see her. It was just, it felt like everything was a nightmare. Almost like I was trying to swim upstream and what I needed to do was just relax and just breathe. No matter how much I tried to swim and no matter how much I tried to make everything work out, it just wasn't working out. I started to get so exhausted and I'm just like, I I cannot do this. I can't keep doing this. I remember my family started this family procession thing every Wednesday. One of the very first lessons that they did when I joined was about stillness. Remember, I've been hearing this message for a very long time. So when I joined on and they were talking about being still, it was like, be still and know that I am God. And I was just like, wait, what? I ain't come on this chat to hear this. I'm already hearing it everywhere else. It was almost like God was telling me that I'm dubbing, which we know that's a fact. So I decided to just listen and just start relaxing. The more I started to relax, the more I started to read. 
the more I I felt like I was being put in this situation where it was just like, it's not that you're incapable. It's not that like you stopping and you taking a breather means that you're incapable. That's not what that means. Mm-hmm. You taking a breather and understanding that at the end of the day, life works for you. For me, that was my message. It was just like, you're trying to fight against everything that's working instead of sitting and understanding what's happening around you. The best confirmation that happened for me, it just came from like the the weirdest place ever. It was me watching the movie, Dr. Strange, the very first one. And I was so in awe when she knocked his life force out of him. It was like he was going all the way up to space. And it's a movie. I know that, right? But I draw like inspiration from everywhere. Mm -hmm. The words that she was saying about our essence and how we are way more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. These little lessons and these little nuggets just kept coming towards me from like all different places. Mm -hmm. And the more I started to pay attention and fall back into who I am, into understanding who I am and what I want for my life and where I intend to go with life, it felt like ease was being promoted to me. Mm. And with ease comes peace. A lot of times people hear the word peace and they think it's the absence of chaos. And that's not what it is. It's you allowing yourself to see what the chaos is teaching you. It's like you're in a whirlwind, you're in the midst of the whirlwind and you have to pay attention to where that, where it's spinning. So instead of spinning against it, you spin with it because the quicker you learn to spin with it, the more you understand the current and what's happening. Then that's the only way you can create real change and create a real course of action for you to be able to get out of that chaos. And that's what I've been doing, Mm -hmm. being intentional about resting and stop trying to be the person who knows everything, does everything, and is like on the constant wheel of trying to make something happen. Sometimes things just happen within its time. And the only way for you to know how it's going to happen and when it's going to happen is for you to kind of like give up some control. Cause at the end of the day, control is so control is such a funny thing because we have none and we keep thinking that we're in control when we're not. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, we do have control because we have choices in the grand scheme of things. Everything is out of control. Right. But even when everything is out of control and things are happening, against the wheel of what you wanted to happen, you still have a choice to make it. You still have the control to make a choice based off of what has been happening and what you've learned from what's happening. So that's, that's just where I'm at. You said my strong is standing up in my vulnerability. Is it safe to say that you felt like you had to, that you had to be hyper-dependent or had to be hyper-productive yes. because you didn't want to be in this space where you were leaning and depending on other people or you wanted to ensure that you gave your daughter a better life. So to ensure that you didn't depend on people, you were going to do the things yourself. The thing is, I didn't have anyone to depend on. You hear people say, I have no one to rely on. It's me alone, so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, that is the reality. Becoming more vulnerable with myself was also showing and highlighting to me that the people that I was giving access to me 
didn't need a position in my life. A lot of times we hold on to people because we think that they need us. That is such an egotistical and manipulative way of going through life. Like, oh, I need my mom in my life because she needs me. This friend who I already know is not a reliable person. They need me in my in their life. Mm-hmm. I need them in my life when we're not really properly taking inventory of who we give access to us. It's like who we give access to us, what we give access to and where we allow our control to go. Mm-hmm. So I had to reframe it in my mind where it was just like, okay, paying attention to who have access to you and taking inventory of who those people are and putting them in the positions that this they deserve to be. Some people don't need a, pl- a place in your life. It has nothing to do with how much time they've been there, what they've done for you. They just don't need a, p- a place in your life. Like, you know, there are people who will come help you when you need help, but they're the kind of people who will also remind you that they helped you when you needed help. You don't need that kind of person in your life. Exactly. You get what exactly. I mean? Yeah. You're being vulnerable, but you're also guarding your vulnerability. Is that correct? Yes, because you have to do that. The only way you can succeed in life, and when I speak about succeeding, I don't only mean it in finance, in a space of financial wellness, right? Mm-hmm. I mean it in like complete wholeness. Is for you to comp- for you to take inventory of the people who are in your life. You mm-hmm. got to think about the fact that. How does that person show up for me in Mm -hmm. my current state? And how will they show up for me in the future tense? And also you have to do that inventory for yourself. Do I have the capacity to be what that person needs? You get what I'm saying? Those are the only ways that you're going to be able to really take inventory of people and the situations in your life and be able to have people and, and spaces where your vulnerability is held. When I had my daughter, I literally gave birth to my kid and all I had was five onesies. That was it. And when I started to talk to people, not just people who were my friends, but just people who I didn't even know, who were just like, oh crap, I didn't know that. Let me help you. Someone sent me $200. Someone sent me $300. Someone sent me diapers, so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. I started to realize that the people who I was giving priority in my life I wasn't a priority in theirs. My kid wasn't a priority in theirs. And it's not because they didn't have the capacity to show up for me. It's because they didn't want to. And that made me realize that my hyper independence needed to go up. But then when I started to pay attention to the people who were showing up and the situations in my life and the places in my life where I was being held, that's what helped me understand why I needed to fall into ease because you build a life that you want. And the Mm -hmm. only way for you to get the, like, if you think about it this way in the foundation, in the um, essence of a foundation of a house, right? Mm -hmm. A foundation cannot stand if the pillars aren't strong. Exactly. So if the pillars that you have in your life and the people and the, and the practices and the um, hobbies and the so on and so forth that you have in your life do not promote the things that you want for your life, then it's just not going to work out. You're going to constantly be in the space of chaos and you're going to constantly be trying to fight against the chaos instead of seeing things for what they are and creating a course of action around the chaos, not avoiding it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about avoidance. I'm talking about taking inventory and taking action 
because that's the only way it's going to change. And that's what I had to do. Even in standing up in your vulnerability and not being afraid to be vulnerable, we still have to protect our vulnerability yes, because standing up, standing up in your vulnerability doesn't necessarily mean that any and everybody gets access to me. It doesn't mean that I'm going to share every aspect of my life with anybody who wants to listen because my vulnerability still needs to be in a safe space. Yeah, so exactly. Even in, even in standing up in your vulnerability and being willing to be vulnerable because that's what your strong is, it still does not say that I don't have the right to protect my vulnerability. How is standing up in your vulnerability helping you create ease in your life? What does that look like for you? One of the things that I've been doing a lot is thinking about the things that I don't like. Mm-hmm. The things that I don't like to do the places that I don't like to go. And it's almost like the best way I could explain this, right? You know, like sometimes when you're driving, we all have a route that we despise going. So we just don't go there. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what I've been doing. Figuring out who I want to show up as for Trizel, Mm -hmm. not for the world, not Mm -hmm. for how I want it. I want to be palatable. Mm-hmm. It's literally who I want to be for myself. When I am saying, okay, my name is Trizel. How do I want you to perceive me? It's about the highway of that relationship, but also me standing up as who I want to be and how I want to show up. Like I said mm-hmm. before, a lot of what I've been doing is figuring out in my business, what I don't like to do and delegating it. Thinking about in the essence of friendships. How do I want to be spoken to? What are my boundaries in a relationship, in a friendship, in family relationships, all of that stuff? Who are the people who are respecting of my boundaries and who are the people who are not? What are the things that are aiding in my growth and aiding in allowing me to expand and allowing me to be held in who I am and who I want to be? And then I'm just doing those things. I have stopped sharing a lot of the intimate details of my life on social media, not because I don't want people in my business. I've just reached to the point now where access to me is a privilege and only mm-hmm. certain um, uh, certain people will get that privilege. And that's mm-hmm. just that. Absolutely. I don't feel like I need to apologize or I have to do. I really don't care. <laughs> I agree with that. And I also think that This moment that's happening for you right now, this is not something that happened overnight or even in two or three weeks or a month. This is an ongoing work. And in doing this work, I think that as as a Black female community, we have to answer for ourselves individually. What do I need to feel loved? supported, seen, and heard. And I think when we can answer that question, then we can get to this place where we are being vulnerable and that our vulnerability is actually creating a life where we are free to be who we are. But until we can fully answer and 100% answer that question for ourselves, I don't think we will ever be able to stand in the truth of who we, when we get to this place, where we can honor the totality of who we are. And when we can be honest about where we are in our lives, that is the only way that transformation will happen. I heard you mention chaos a couple of times. We have to be honest, honest enough with ourselves to say the way that I am currently doing life is creating chaos for me. 
I need yep. to do something differently and not only be honest about it, but be willing to take the necessary steps. And you, my dear, are doing that. And I see it. I have witnessed it firsthand. I have seen the evolution. And I want you to know that I am proud of the woman that you are becoming, that you, the evolution. Like I said, it's been astounding. And I'm happy for you because I can hear the peace in your voice when I see your photos. And I know pictures only tell the stories that we won't tell. But when I see your photos, I can see in your eyes that there is something different in you and I'll text you and I'll be like oh girl that photo but even though photos only tell the stories that we won't told if you look closely you'll see it you'll see it I can see it in your eyes that there is a difference I can see growth I can see change I can see transformation and that makes my soul happy because I want black women to experience what it is like to actually live a life of ease we our lives don't have to be chaotic at all it does not have to be like that we just have to be honest about where we are where we want to be and then yep. we have to do the work to get there and, and Giselle, you know the, you are doing the work the funniest thing is a lot of people don't think about this but really having two to three people around you who you mm-hmm. trust mm-hmm. to tell you the truth mm-hmm. <laughs> Girl, it will, yes. <laughs> it will hurt, but it is so necessary. It is so necessary. You, so need necessary. Those, you need those type of people in your life. You absolutely need somebody in your corner to say, hey, let's try it this way without judging you for doing it in a manner that may be, you know, a little unhealthy or whatever. So, so yeah, thank you so much <laughs> for sharing your journey with us. This whole vulnerability piece is so important because people are afraid of the word vulnerable or vulnerability because they society has painted it as this thing where you are falling out, crying all the time. You're wearing your yep. feelings on your sleeve and you're constantly pouring your stuff out on other people. But that is not what vulnerability means. Vulnerability is just simply saying that I am brave enough. I am courageous enough Trusting to walk in my too. truth, no matter what that looks like to other people. Yep. I am. I have the courage to stand in my truth. And it doesn't and, matter what people what people feel about it. And a lot of it, what people, I feel like one of the biggest things that we do not talk about enough as a society is the value in trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. Like most times we'll go out and say like, hey girl, what do you think about such and such and such? And it's not to say you shouldn't ask people because I literally just spoke about like, you know, asking people around you, right? But a lot of times, We would save ourselves so much problems if we would just trust ourselves and Mm -hmm. like listen to the voice in our Mm -hmm. head. The voice in your head don't mean you're crazy. I promise you. Exactly. It's not telling you you're crazy. It's there for a reason. Listening to yourself and listening to what you want and where you want to be. And all of those things are so important. Mm -hmm. And allowing yourself to mess up one of the quotes i've heard that i love the most says fail fast Mm -hmm. because the faster you learn to fail the more you learn to trust yourself Mm -hmm. and learn to trust that when you fail you will get back up as long as you have life in your body you will be fine 
it will take some time for things to continue to progress the way that you want it to. The only time progress doesn't happen is if we sit down and yeah, don't do anything. And don't do anything. You are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. So yeah, we're gonna get ready to wrap it up, Giselle. Thank you so much for coming on and You're sharing, welcome. Your, showing your, sharing your journey with us. Parting words for our listeners. If there's one thing that you want a listener to take from this episode and from your story of transformation, what is that one thing? Oh, going right back to what I just said. Learn to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You have an inner voice for a reason, right? That's the number one thing. I'd say the next thing, if I could say something really, something else really quickly, mm-hmm. is to understand the messy parts of you. Ooh. A lot of people get so embarrassed when it comes to like, like, for example, someone might say, oh, you're loud. Or you're passive aggressive or whatever, whatever. You don't have to take that and internalize it and allow mm-hmm. it to be the thing that makes you hate yourself. Right. However, you can take it, you can learn from it, and you that can help you like almost like cross-examine, not cross-examine, what what's the word? Um, reverse psychology. Don't mm-hmm. know where I got cross-examined from. <laughs> but <laughs> But it can help you reverse how, like, that one thing that is an issue. Like, Mm -hmm. learning to trust yourself and learning to trust that even if there are things about you that aren't pleasant, you have the ability to change that. And you have the ability to start over. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And lead with ease and lead with personal grace. Like, that's what I want to leave you with. Yes, ease and grace. Come on, sis. Yes. Ease and grace. I love that. I feel like I need it on a t-shirt. Ease and yeah, grace. Yeah, I got you. Girl. I'm working on it. Ease and grace. I love that. Absolutely. So that's it, y'all. Those are the two words for this episode. Ease and grace. You owe it to yourself. You owe that to yourself. So Trizelle, where can our listeners find you in the online space, girl, so they can connect with you? So you can find me on Instagram at Trizelle Inc. Okay, so we will leave the links to connect with Trizelle in the show notes of this episode. Again, if you are not following us, follow us on your favorite social media platform. We are Shades of Strong everywhere. When this episode drops, you will see Trizelle's beautiful face on our timeline. (laughs) So you can connect with her and you can see this gorgeous human that I just that I am just so in love with. So yeah, y'all, thank you guys so much for tuning in. All right, we are out of here again, Tress. Thank you so much. We will see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye.